Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. We're going through this book of the Bible. The book is called Acts. That's the name of the book. It's Acts. And what it is, it's, it's not like Acts, like what you chop a log with. It's, it's the Acts of, it's what took place with the beginning of the church. So when the church started, you remember back, way back in the old days, they used to have a temple and uh, priests, and they would give sacrifices and then there was a new way to do it, a new economy called the church age. And the book of Acts is the, is the, the documentation, the documentary of what happened in the first church. So we're almost done with the study, which means what? Which means online or on our podcast, every single verse from the book of Acts we've recorded and, and we have it up there. If you ever wanted to do just a great study, you could go through that and, and it would just be a very deep, a very good practical study in a, an entire book of the Bible. So you could listen on, you could catch up, but we've only got one more week left and we're done with this entire book, uh, which is pretty cool. But let me just help you out real fast, real quick, and try to just bring you up to date with what's going on. So uh, in the story that we're in right now, and, and we'll pick up, but let me just help you out here. The story is there's a guy and his name is Paul, okay? And Paul, uh, was, his job was pretty much to tell the world at what they knew at that time about this guy named Jesus, who, who was just crucified on a cross, was buried. Three days later, he rose again, and then he went to heaven. And, and Jesus had the audacity to claim that he was the Son of God. And, and this was a big deal at that time. It's a big deal today, but it's a really big deal at that time. And, and Paul's job was to go around the world and say, listen, he really was the Son of God. It's not a joke. It's not a fairy tale. It really was true. Remember, they didn't have, they didn't have the news channel. Amen. Right? <laughs> they didn't have Fox News. They didn't have newspapers. The printing press hadn't been invented yet. You know, all that stuff wasn't there. So, so the way to tell people about what had happened was to go and literally tell people what had happened. So remember this too, and you're going to have to understand this as a story. Uh, right... Right here. This half of the book was written. This half of the book was being written, okay? So at the time that the, this, was, this story's happening, they didn't have this half of the book, okay? So, so, so you literally had to tell people what Jesus did and, and all the stories and the miracles and everything and who he was, and, and people would just have to say, well, I believe it or I don't believe it, you know, because there wasn't this half of the book. See, nowadays we can look at this part of the book and we can say, oh, okay, I get it. I see the whole picture. I get what was going on. But they didn't have that. They just had this half of the book, all right? So Paul is on this trip, and uh, 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 he's going around telling people that Jesus was the Messiah. A bunch of people in Jerusalem get mad at him. They have these big riots, and, and they take him, and they throw him in the jail. And Paul says this, time out, time out, Paul says. I'm a Roman uh, citizen. I want to be tried by the people in Rome, so send me to Italy, right? And all the people of the land say, okay, well, you're a Roman citizen. You can be tried there. Uh, otherwise, if you stay here, we're pretty much going to have you killed. And Paul says, well, that doesn't sound too fun. So, so they, they put him on a boat, and he goes from, 
from Israel, he travels all the way to Rome. And the story we talked about last week, and what we're going to pick on this week, is his trip from Israel to Rome. Can we take a look at, uh, at one of the maps? I don't know which map we have here. Let's take a look here. And Okay, yeah, this is perfect. So you see on the, on the, uh, the far right-hand side, my right, uh, over here, well, my left, your right, is where Israel would be over there. Last week we covered his trip up to in the bottom right-hand side, up to the road. You see that? Uh, and then he goes down. You see the area down uh, to Salmon and then to the island of Crete. And then you see where Fair Havens was. And then he travels over here towards the left, right in the middle of the whole Mediterranean there. And that's where the ship was lost in a storm and things got really bad. And then where we're picking up on today is we're picking up on today really over there in Malta. Do you see where Malta is on the left? The boat makes it from, from basically being nothing to over there. And one of the things we looked at last week, which I thought was just a really cool point, was that Paul, remember there's 270 some people on this boat, Paul really kind of becomes the leader on the spot. And you say, now why, why is Paul the leader? Well, the Bible gives us a hint to it, and the reason that Paul really was a leader was because he believed God, and he did it. He believed God, and he did it. Whatever God said, he did. It wasn't that Paul was educated. It wasn't that Paul was good-looking. It wasn't that Paul was able to speak good in front of people. It wasn't that Paul read some book on leadership. No. Paul just said, well, whatever God says, I'm just going to do it. And it really advanced him, so to speak, if I could kind of say it like that. But people looked up to him, and he really became a leader on the ship and, and really saved everybody and, 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 and kind of helped out the whole situation. And again, very traumatic. It was in the middle of the wintertime, and it was really, really a hard thing. So, so today we're going to pick up on the story. Okay, you got it? So they, they just landed this island. They're barely alive. The ship crashes into the, into the beach there, and the ship breaks apart, and they all get off the boat. Okay? So here we go. We're going to pick up right here at this story. If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn there. And uh, we're in the book of Acts. We're at the very end of the book of Acts. I want you to go look at that, uh, Acts chapter 28. And then um, uh, what we're going to see here today is a couple interesting things, but I, I think what we're really going to look at today is what really matters in life. And well, let me say it this way. What really matters the most? That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, let me ask you a question. Could you just think about this for a moment? And I want you to think. Don't, don't raise your hand, but just think. What, what really matters the most to you right now? So, if, if you're not thinking about what's happening in this room right now, as far as we're having a Bible study, what is it that's consuming your mind the most this weekend? Is it who's in the White House? Is that what's consuming you? Is that what matters most to you? <laughs> I'll say this. Is it who's not in the White House that concerns you the most? Okay. Is it, is it COVID? Is COVID, is that consuming you? Is it the, the vaccine? I'm just being honest. Is, is that the thing that's consuming you? How about this? What you're going to post on Facebook this afternoon, is that concerning you at all? Are you thinking about, well, I'm just going to get, you know, my kids and the wife and the husband together and we're going to, take a picture, and I'm going to have this photo on Facebook, and I know you all do this. You go back after you post something, and you look to see how many likes and how many comments you had. No? Yeah. You do. Don't shake your head you don't. You do. How do I know that you go back to look at how many likes you have? You know how I know how many, how you go back to look at how many likes you have and how many people commented? 
Because I go back and look and see how many people had my likes and comment on what I say too. So the pastor's doing it. I know you're doing it. Why? Because that's human nature. But is that consuming you? Is that something you're thinking about? Is that something you're concerned with? And what really matters? Does the economy? How about this? Does does the fact that our nation (laughs) is heading towards socialism extremely fast, is that concerning to you? Does that bother you at all? Is that like, you know, is that something that's on your mind? Is that what matters most to you? Well, if we just had the right government leaders, if we just had the right economy, if the taxes were right, if this bill was right, if COVID was handled this way, if, if, if the masking thing was handled differently, you know, if our governor, is that what's really consuming you the most? Is, maybe it is. I don't know. We're going to look at today in the story about, I think, some really good guidelines for what, what should matter the most, okay? Not, not what does matter the most, but what should matter the most. And we're going to see it in the story about some things that Paul ran into, and I think it's going to be interesting. So take your Bible, Acts chapter 28. We just finished chapter 27. Let's pick up at 28. Again, you can look at the screen for the verses. I'm just going to read and kind of comment along the way here. But Acts chapter 28, verse 1. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. Okay, and if we looked at that map again, we'll see where that's at. Verse 2. And the barbarous people showed us, look at this, no little kindness. Underline that with your pen, that's interesting. No little kindness. Does no little kindness mean that they showed a little bit, like they didn't show kindness? No, it's actually kind of, think of it like the opposite way. It's like a double negative. They showed them a lot of kindness. It wasn't, they didn't show them a little bit of kindness. They showed them a lot of kindness. For they uh, kindled the fire, they put a fire together, and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. So it's raining, it's cold, it's miserable. And these people come out and say, hey, we'll help you out. And, and we're going to be really kind to you. Verse 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, <laughs> there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Oh, this is going to get interesting. Here we go, verse 4. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. So what are they saying? Ah, a snake bit this guy, and it's hanging off his hand. He must be a murderer. See, justice is being done, right? You know, and, and this is a good thing. And this guy, Paul, he must be terrible. He's just a murderer. And they just assume this. Verse 5. And he shook off the beast under the fire and felt no harm. So he shakes his hand, and the, beast fa- the, the snake falls off, goes into the fire, and Paul doesn't feel any harm. Verse 6. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead. So they're expecting what? Uh, your hand should be swelling up. You know, you ought to look like Popeye right now. And, and you ought to be falling over dead. But it doesn't happen. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, Ah, you're a god. <laughs> Wait a second. 60 seconds ago, you're saying I'm a murderer. And now you're saying that I'm a god. Our church, let's, let's sit here for a second. Aren't people fickle? I mean, just talking, you know, you see that with sports, you know, one day you're the great sports legend, next day people don't care about you. But they're not even fickle, they're also very superstitious about this thing. I, I, I immediately thought of the cancel culture that we're running into today, the cancel culture, of people just being fickle. And yesterday they liked you, but today you posted something on social media, and now all of a sudden people don't like you, so what do they do? They cancel you. You're canceled off a television program, you're canceled off a movie, uh, you're canceled, they're not buying your products anymore, Walmart cancels you, whatever it is. And, and all of a sudden you're vilified on social media. Why? Because people are fickle. You know, the problem with what we're running in today is that, is that you just can't have an opinion about anything. 
Because people are, are you almost afraid to have an opinion sometimes about what you believe or where you're at because you're afraid people are just going to vilify you? I mean, we saw that with the last election. I don't, regardless of what side you were on, you could have been made out to be a bad guy. I mean, you know, depending on what neighborhood, what street you lived in, you know, do people like the red signs, people like the blue signs, and, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. And people, boy, I tell you what, the cancel culture, just boom, get ready right away. But it's just not okay to have an opinion anymore. Uh, people ask me all the time, my opinion about different things. And one of the things that I get asked a lot about is about the Muslim faith. Let me, just, let me just make a statement real quick. Muslim faith is not a race of people. Do you understand that? It's not what color skin they have. Red, yellow, black, and white, anyone can be a Muslim, okay? So the question is, what about the faith of, of people uh, that are Muslim? And again, this is not about race, but y- you can say anything you want nowadays to bash Christianity, to bash evangelicals, but if you say something against the Muslim faith, you're, you're going to be canceled out, man. You're going you're to be bashed on social media. Heaven forbid you do something like that. Why? Because people are fickle. And, Pastor, what's going to happen in the future? Here's what's going to happen in the future. People are going to be a lot worse and worse. It's going to be more and more fickle. And, and the cancel culture and the vilifying of people is going to get worse and worse. Why? Because we all say we want to be accepting as long as you're accepting of my views, <laughs> right? The attitude that, you know, free speech is really free. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. And, and church, listen, we've got to have a standard that's above my opinion or your opinion. Our standard needs to be this book, okay? We come here to church at Dayspring. This is not about what does Pastor Dan believe. Who cares what Pastor Dan believes? It's not about, you know, what does Dayspring believe? Who cares what this church believes? It doesn't matter. All that matters is what this book says, okay? And, and regardless of the vilifying, regardless of, of the bad press, if that's the way I'll say it, regardless of how Christianity is, is trying to be erased from this nation, you can be anything else. You can be anything else, but not Christian in this Christian nation. Uh, it's going to be vilified more and more. And, and we look at the story and what these people are doing. You know, these people have no basis for their feelings. Think about the story. You're a murderer. You got bit by a snake. Oh, you didn't die. Well, you must be a god. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy. This was 2,000 years ago, and you know what? People haven't changed. We're still the same way. We're just, people say what their feelings are, and it doesn't, doesn't matter what the truth is. We just want to say what our feelings are. Look at this verse. I want to jump over here real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. This is a, a letter that was written by this same guy, Paul, who was bitten by the snake. He wrote this to a pastor. The pastor's name is Timothy. And he says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, what shall they do after their own lusts? They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Paul says, you know what, Pastor Timothy, is going to happen? Is people don't want to hear the truth anymore, and whenever someone speaks truth, I just untied my shoe. Whenever someone speaks truth, they're going to do what? They're going to close their ears and say, you know what, I don't want any part of that. Don't, don't, no, no, talk to the hand. I don't want to hear truth. I'd rather hear a fable. I don't want to hear what's truth because truth is no fun. I want to hear a fable. And he says, guess what? More and more and more and more of that is going to happen as the time goes on. And church, we're, we're seeing that today. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter. People want to hear what people want to hear. And, and people are going to turn their ears from the truth. The hypocrisy of what we see in our society today. Doesn't that bother you sometimes? You know, there's a big thing now with listening to science. And, and you know, we've got to listen to science. And people, you know, talk about climate change. We've got to listen to science. Okay. So we'll, we'll say that. 
and we have to listen to science. But then the big argument, and you've heard it even this week, is about uh, people with gender, uh, gender issues, gender discussion, gender uh, 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 things, and trans people. Well, wait a second, time out, church. Just time out. Hold, just hold on. I'm not against any person, not at all. Not, against, not hate speech, not against any person, but wait a second. We're leaning on science, 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 science. But then when it comes to this issue, last time I checked, you're born with either two X chromosomes or an X and a Y chromosome. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do with your hair. It doesn't matter what you do with your makeup. It doesn't matter if you change your name. It doesn't matter if you change your pronouns. It doesn't matter if you change your clothes. It, do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what else you do on the outside. The bottom line is what? If you're born with two X chromosomes, guess what? You still have two X chromosomes, okay? If you're born with an X and Y chromosome and you're a male, you're still a male. It doesn't matter what you do on the outside. But wait a second. Doesn't science play into that? I mean, why, why the fact that you even say that, does that almost like, oh boy, you're going to get grief for saying that? Hold on, that's science. You are born with either XX chromosome or XY chromosome, and whatever you do on the outside, but you never change who you are. You're still a male, you're still a female. That's not hate speech. That's not, that's not downing anybody. I'm not dissing anybody. Anyone is welcome to come to this church. That's not the point. But the point is this. You see the hypocrisy? You see the hypocrisy. You've got to listen to science, and we've got to do all these things. But then when it comes to this issue, well, don't listen to science. You're, you're bashed for believing science. And don't, wait a second. Science is science, right? I mean, you, you've, either, you've, either, you've either got two X chromosomes, you've got an XY chromosome. It's called biology, all right? And regardless of what you want to think, it doesn't matter. It's just the way that it is. But you see how fickle people can be? And Paul's warning people, saying, listen, it's going to get worse about this, and you're going to get sucked into this more and more and more and more and more. Because that's the way that society is going to go. That's the problem with what's going to be happening. Now, let's get back to our story here. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17. I want you to look at this. Because people say this. Say, Pastor, why? Now, let's stop in the story. Why, when Paul got bit by a snake, why doesn't he die? What, what's the precedent there? Well, here's the precedent. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe... In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. Look at verse 18. They shall take up. Would you do me a favor with your pen and underline the two words, take up? They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So Jesus was saying, listen, there's going to be people that I need to go out and spread the good news of the gospel. And along the way that they're out there being missionaries, they may get bit by a snake. Matter of fact, they may not have clean water to drink, and they may drink dirty water, and they may, you know, where other people are getting sick from it. But because they're doing my work, because I need them to keep going, I don't care if they get bit by a snake, I don't care if they drink poisonous water, they're still going to be okay. The purpose of this verse is that they're going to be okay. The purpose of this verse, now church, listen to me, is not to test God. This is not a test of someone's faith. This, you know, you watch on YouTube, and you see like the snake handlers, and they're saying, hey, you know what, have faith, and you know, I could get bit by a rattlesnake, and God will protect me. That, that's not what the verse is saying. Matter of fact, if we look at the, those two words, take up, the word take up actually literally means, literally means to take away. Not to take up, but to take away. So, so, so if you're out there doing God's work, you know, these apostles are out there doing this thing, and, and if a snake bites you, you know what, you can take the snake away. If you drink poisonous water, because that's all there is, you didn't know it was poisonous, God's going to still protect you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, make a church service out of this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, take up money for this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, let's, let's, this has been an exercise of faith, and let's, let's put this on YouTube. It's not about that. 
I, I, when I see people do that down the south, you see, have you seen those YouTube videos? And they'll like be a snake handler and they'll be kind of like a, you know, they'll do this to it. Look how much faith I have. Okay, you know what that's called? That's called stupidity. That's what it's called. God never promises to protect those people. Everyone I've seen has died. <laughs> well, they didn't have enough faith. No, they're stupid. That's not, the, the point is don't go take up a snake. The point is if there happened to be a snake there and you were doing God's work at that time, you were one of the apostles. Paul, you're going out there, you're helping these people, you have a fire, a snake, but you don't worry about it, Paul. I'll take care of you. Even if that means getting bit by a snake or drinking poisonous water. But it's not a challenge of our faith. It's not a test of your faith. Don't do that. It's not a doctrine. Look at the next verse, verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming, confirming what? Confirming their word with signs following. So they were given special gifts at that time. Paul had special gifts at that time. Why? To confirm what he was saying to the people. Remember, church, you've got to remember this. They didn't have this half of the Bible to say, look what Jesus said. They didn't have it. Matter of fact, they didn't have the printing press. So their Bible wasn't this small. If they were to carry the Old Testament scriptures with them, it would be trunk loads, you know, because it was handwritten and it was these big scrolls and it just wasn't practical. It wasn't, wasn't logical. They didn't have these things. So God said, listen, these people, these apostles that are going to go out there and, and tell the world about the good things that Jesus Christ has done, I'm going to give them special gifts that are just for them while they're alive. It's a sign gift. It has an end to it. It has a date to it. It's just for a little bit of time. And that is going to prove to the world that these are my messengers. Say, Pastor, where are some sign gifts in the Bible? Well, write this down. This is kind of interesting. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, chapter 6, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 14, chapter 28. Why were they doing those things? To confirm the words of God. But the Bible also says that those things are going to end at a certain time, and they're not for everybody. They're just for these people. Oh, but pastor, what about speaking in tongues? It's such a big deal in churches nowadays. Can I just say something real quick about speaking in tongues? Number one is this. It was always a known language. Always a known language. Always a known language. How about this? Three times. It's only mentioned in the book of Acts three times. The book of Acts covers, what, 30-some years and three times it's mentioned. It wasn't like the church was built on speaking in tongues. It wasn't like that was the call to service. It wasn't like that's how they raised their finance. It's like in the 30 or 40 years that this, this whole story takes place, three times they spoke in tongues. It, it's, not a, it's not a main thing. It's not a main uh, a driver of the faith. It's, not, it's something that they did at a time. They went to people. They couldn't understand the people. They, God gave them a special gift to be able to speak a language in their tongue that they didn't understand. But they, it was always a known language. It wasn't gibberish. It just wasn't. It was always a known language. Why? So that the people could understand it. See, we forget that because now we have, you know, uh, our, our, our iPhones will translate for us what someone says. Well, they didn't have that. So I'd go to a, a different land and people would speak a different language. Well, how, I can't learn this. Well, Paul, I'm going to give you the ability to be able to speak to these people and they'll understand you. It was a known language and it was only for a time. So don't get sidetracked on that, okay? Those, those gifts, raising the dead, doing those things were for those people at that time. Back to our story, Acts chapter 28, verse 7. In the same quarters, there are possessions of a chief man of an island whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously, verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a body flux, or bl a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So, so this man had some sort of bloody dysentery. In verse 9, 
So when this was done, others also which had disease in the, in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they delayed us with such things as were necessary. Can, can you, we stop here for a second? And this is interesting because we're talking about tongues and we talk about healing and stuff. People ask me all the time about this. Do you notice what's not here? What's not in the story? There's no healing meeting in the story. There is no church service. Did you notice that? The guy was sick and he had a problem. And who went where? Paul went to his house and took care of him. There's no offering being taken up. There's no big crusade. There's no lines. There's no money being donated. How about this? Now think. What else is not present? There is no faith required by the person being healed. It doesn't say, and this guy had great faith and he was healed. It doesn't say it. Paul went and took care of the guy right where he's at, where his needs were. Other people, nowhere, and other people came up, got, were healed as well. But this guy's laying there sick in bed. God gives him the gift of healing, again, as a sign gift to help this. But it's not about the guy. It's about what God does and what God had done. Church, be very leery, very leery of any kind of faith healing taking place. Why? Because that was a very special gift for a very small group of people that was done, but it was never about money. It was never about having a church service. It was never about that person's faith. Okay, it just wasn't. Let me ask you a question. I mentioned this the other week. If you had the gift of healing, seriously, let's say you did. Where would you go? What would you do with it? Would you hide it? I'd tell you exactly where I'd go. I'd, I'd be down at Freighter right now, right? I'd be down at the Children's Hospital, and, right? If you really had the gift of healing, what would you do? What would you do? You'd be going in every single room, and you'd put Freighter, you'd put Aurora, you'd put ProHealth out of business. And they would be so happy to be out of business, right? They'd be, hey, that's great. Cancer would be gone. COVID would be gone. Every, it, it would all be gone, right, if you really had that gift. But instead, what do they do? They, <laughs> faith healers build hospitals. I don't <laughs> and it's always a blame on the person not having enough faith. This wasn't about them having faith. It's about what God did. I'd be very careful, too. It was in the news this week about some rapper talking about his experience with the Holy Spirit, okay? I'd just be really leery about that, okay, when people talk about their experience with the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, the Bible's pretty clear in the book of John. Well, tell you what, let's, you don't have the verse up here. I'll read it. John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he shall not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself. The Holy Spirit speaks of who? Jesus, Okay? So if someone's talking about their experience with the Holy Spirit and how they felt it and it was a warm presence and they, they know it was the Holy Spirit and they had a tingling of their spine, the hair in the back of their neck stood up, time out. That's nowhere in the Bible. It's not in the Bible anywhere. I, did they have an experience? Yeah. Was it real? Yeah. Who was it? I don't know, but the Bible doesn't say it was the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm going to say. There's no precedent set in the Bible that you will feel it or have some. And the Holy Spirit never brags about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brags about Jesus Christ. So when someone brags about the Holy Spirit, I have a hard time believing it's the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, doesn't speak of himself. Holy Spirit's not concerned with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's concerned about what? Glorifying our Father in heaven. Okay? So just be leery of that. And when you hear stuff like that, just don't swallow it. Oh, yeah, but this person's a famous rapper. I don't know, God. <laughs> uh, when's the last time you opened your Bible? That would be my question. Well, I didn't open my Bible, but I felt the Holy Spirit. 
Nice. Acts chapter 28, verse 11. Okay, and after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria. So they stayed there three months, which had wintered in the isle, whose, signs, uh, whose sign was uh, Castor and Pollux. And landing at Syracuse, we traveled there three days. And from thence, we fetched a compass and came to Rhegium. And after one day, the south wind blew, and we came the next day to Petulio, where we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. So they get off the boat that they want to be with these people. They're heading towards Rome, verse 15. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, so the people heard we were there, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum. That's the name of an area, Apiforum. And the three taverns. Now, I know, being here in Wisconsin, there's a lot of people going, I knew it. I knew it. I, I knew in the Bible that there were taverns and bars. It just took me forever to find it. Pastor Dan, thank you for showing it to us. It's so good. Whew! We could go to taverns. That's so great. That's a wonderful thing. It took a while, but we find this is like Wisconsin. Okay, let me, let me, let me just tell you something. The, the word here, when you, when you dig into it, it's just the three taverns. It literally just means, literally just means the three wooden buildings. That's all it means. It doesn't mean a tavern like we think of it today, like a bar. It just means three wooden buildings. So can we go back to our map again and kind of just look at where they're at in the map? They're, they're going up in this area, and you see up towards the very top, where well, you, you can't see it's kind of off the screen there, there's Appy Forum, and then right next to it is three taverns. It was a town known as the three taverns, the three wooden buildings. Were they taverns? Probably not. They were, for some reason, they had three wooden buildings, and the town was known for that. But here's, what, here's what's interesting about it. Can you look at that map again? Just look at the map. From where they are, okay, Petulii, to where Apiform and Three Taverns is, is about 40 to 45 miles. Okay, look at the story and think about this. 45 miles. We'll go back to the story. What did they do? When the brethren heard of us, verse 15, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum and the Three Taverns. The people, the believers said, hey, someone said that guy Paul is in the town over there. It's 40, 45 miles away. Let's go see Paul. Let's go what? Why for? For a service? No, to encourage Paul, to, 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 to help him, to strengthen him, to tend to his needs, to see what's going on. And and these, these Christians are more concerned with the things of God than the 45-mile trip they have to make to get there. Now, can we pause for a second and think about this? Just think about this for a moment. 45 miles from here. We're in, we're in Pewaukee. 45 miles, that's not quite Madison, right? Are we just a little bit short of Madison, 45 miles, probably 50 miles to Madison, maybe the edge of Madison? Okay, could you imagine taking a trip, let's just for the sake of rounding it off, from Madison to Pewaukee, to hear someone preach. Oh, pastor, it's no big deal. I'll hop in my car. No, you won't. You don't have a car. They're not going to be invented for 2,000 years. Well, I'll just hop, hop on my bicycle. No, they're not going to be invented for another 1,900 years. Well, I'll fly on an airplane. They're also not going to be invented for another 1,900 years. I think I'll walk. Oh, that's okay, pastor. I got good gym shoes on. Rubber is not going to be invented for about another 1,950 years. You're probably barefoot. You probably are. Oh, I'll take my donkey. Okay, I'll give you that. Maybe I'll take a camel. Yeah, okay. Ah, you may even take a horse. 45 miles. 
How many have ever ridden a donkey? I've ridden a donkey. How many have ridden a camel? Anyone here ridden a camel? Okay, 45 miles on a camel, uh, it'd be easier to be dragged behind a pickup truck down a dirt road. <laughs> Five miles an hour? Three miles an hour? Maybe? Maybe? They didn't have highways. They didn't have, you know, interstates. It was just going through the fields, going through the forest. Days, probably, because you had your wife, you had your kids, you had to stop, you had to eat, you had to camp, right? You had to do all that. But what was so concerning to them was that, that their, their idea, their interest was that they needed to be a blessing to Paul. They needed to be a blessing to Paul's ministry. They made time for the things of God. In other words, these people from these two towns who we don't even know their name, we don't. But, and there's probably towns in between because he says as far as, as far away as. That'd be like us saying people came to Dayspring from as far away as Madison, but that doesn't, that doesn't you know, disclude the people from Oconomowoc or from Watertown or from, from Mills. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't say that they didn't come either. It's saying as far away as. The things of Christ meant more to them. So much that they would, they would hop on their horse or their donkey or barefoot just to go see this guy named Paul. Now, church, that's a big deal. We, we have it nowadays that if church is five minutes early or five minutes late, we're just, we're just worked up in a tizzy because I'm so busy. If the weather just isn't perfect, it's really easy to miss church. Right? Right? Do you think, remember, when was this? It was the middle of winter that they were going to do this too. Right? Well, pastor, it's a little bit cold. Pastor, it's a little bit snowy. Pastor, it's a little bit rainy. Pastor, it's too hot. Pastor, it's too sunny. It's too cloudy. Pastor, just what? there's a million reasons. I get it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm a human being. I get it. But there's a million reasons. Pastor, we've got to go to the park today. Pastor, today's a great day. We're going to be bird watching, and we've got to get a picture of our kids because we've got to do the Facebook photo. Wait a second, church, time out. Go to the park with your kids and get a photo. That's great. You have six days the rest of the week to do that. Last time I, now I could be wrong, could be wrong, but last time I checked, last time I checked, Sunday was whose day? Whose day is it? One more time, whose day is it? You got six days for your day. He's saying, he's saying just this is the one day I want you to get together. It's the only day in the Bible. He says, why don't you get together? The other days are optional. You can get together whenever you want. But Sunday is the Lord's day. Church, and I've said this before, it's getting less and less popular, but I believe it. Every time the church doors are open, I really think we need to be here. It's not about, it's not about this church. It's not about the magic of Dayspring. It's not about being with Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan doesn't make any more money if you come or not. It has nothing to do with it. My Bible says, as you see the last days approaching, you better get off your backside and you better be together because it's going to be harder and harder and harder to be the Lone Ranger. And if your attitude is being a Lone Ranger, you're in for a mess, okay? Because there is no Lone Ranger in the Bible. If your attitude's well, this is what we're doing, and yeah, I'll go to church when it's convenient. You're in for a hurting, okay? My Bible says, as you see the last days approaching, get off your backside and get in here, okay? This is the local church. Now listen, this is the local church that God called you to. I didn't call you to this church. You could go to whatever church you want to. It's totally fine. God brought you here for a reason. I don't know why, but you are here for a reason. When the doors are open, you need to be here, families. Parents, you need to get your kids here. As you see that day approaching, you drag them here. But they don't want 
don't really want to watch TV or play a video game. I don't care. Rip it out of them. Get them here. Well, they won't, they won't come. Bring them in their pajamas. I'm, I'm just saying, as time's approaching, we need more, not less. Look at this verse and let's be done. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, so if you're a Christian, if you're, if you're a Christian, what is a Christian supposed to do? Well, the same thing that these people in Appy Forum and, and Three Taverns did. If you're a Christian, Christians, this is talking to you if you're a Christian, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Look at verse 2. Christians, Christians, not the unsaved, but Christians, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you're dead, and your life was hid with Christ in God. Is Christ your life? Is it, is it a priority? To these people that lived in Appy Forum and Three Taverns, Christ was a priority. The things of Jesus Christ was a really big priority. That's what they did. Hey, we hear there's a preacher coming to town. His name is Paul. We heard about him. Boy, this is an amazing thing. We're going to travel for days to go see this guy. It's a priority to us to go see this and a priority for us to go here at church. As times get harder and as the day, days go on, you need to just make it a priority that, hey, I'm going to set my affection on things above. I'm going to drop everything to make sure that my affections are set on things above. Church, I was thinking about this the other night. We've done a lot of funerals in our church. and th- I mean, a lot of churches have had funerals, but in the last year or two, it's just been sad with COVID and stuff. There's been a lot of funerals. You know, I thought about these funerals, and th- this is just to be honest. Here's my thought about the funerals. The only things that people did for Christ, now think, the only things that people did for Christ are the only things that really matter, Right? It doesn't matter how nice a car someone drove. When, when their casket was here, it, it doesn't matter, right? It, it doesn't matter how much money they had in the checking account, right? Because why? When they're laying in the casket in front of here, <laughs> they left it all. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's $1 in the checking account or $10 million in the checking account. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how nice their suit was or how nice their dress was. It doesn't matter how big their house was. It doesn't matter about their vacation home. It doesn't matter, you know, how many times they went to Disney World. No one gives a rip about it. The, the only thing that matters is what's done for Christ because that's all that's going to last. The many people that are extremely generous, and we have a very, very generous church, and they gave to the church. They helped fund this building. Maybe they had a funeral too, but the only thing that matters is maybe what they did for Christ. The Sunday school class that they taught, the nursery classroom that they worked in, the high school or the Christian school that they helped, the camp that they bought a scholarship for to send someone to a Christian camp or to a teen camp, that's all that matters. That's all that's going to matter for eternity. The gospel tract to hand it out to someone, that's all that matters, church. It's just, that's all that matters. Everything else it's just a bunch of rubble and a bunch of hay, and it just doesn't, when you're laying the cat, it just doesn't matter. Well, Pastor, how much did that person leave behind? <laughs> this is a trick question. They left it all behind. They didn't take any of it with them. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. What, what matters most, it doesn't matter what their politics matter. It doesn't matter if they wore a mask or not. It doesn't matter. What matters is what they did for Jesus Christ. Church, parents, you need to be thinking about that with your children. If, if you're not focused on that and you're sidetracked on other issues, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to lose your kids, okay? You are absolutely, positively, positively going to lose your kids. 
If you're more worried about politics than Jesus Christ, you are going to lose your kids. If you're more worried about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, you're going to lose your kids. What do you mean lose your kids? I mean the day that they walk out of here, they're probably never coming back. Not my, my fault. It's your fault because you put other things in priority before Jesus Christ. If, you're, if your financial status means more than what's happening at your local church, you're going to lose your kids, okay? You are. Well, my politics matter more than anything. You're going to lose your kids because your kids are seeing right through you saying, my parents, what a bunch of hypocrites, okay? You're going to lose your kids. What matters for eternity is what's done for Christ. These people were so centered, so focused on what Christ did, and they're so excited about Christianity that they would travel all those miles because they were Christ-centered Christians, okay? Real followers of Christ that want to do the things of Jesus Christ. Think about that this week, okay? When you go to work tomorrow, when you figure out what you're going to do this evening, when you figure out where you're going to hang out, when you figure out what you're going to watch on television this week, when you figure out what movie you're going to watch, when you turn on the radio, turn on your Spotify, turn on your, your Pandora playlist, is Christ first? Is he? Is he? When you figure out what you're going to do with your children, how you're going to raise your children, what kind of education your children are going to have, where your children are going to go, what they're going to do, is Christ first? He better be first. You're going to lose your kids. Okay? Let's have a word of prayer. Let's be done. And then next week, Lord willing, we're going to finally finish the book of Acts. We left him stranded. He's there. What's going to happen? All right? We're going to figure it out next week. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful for all you've done. Lord, most importantly, we're thankful for the gift of Jesus Christ. Just like Paul was telling the world that Jesus had died on the cross to pay the sin debt of mankind. Lord, maybe there's someone here today that doesn't know about their eternity. Someone here today doesn't really quite know where are they going when they die. Father, would you work in their hearts today? Help them to understand that when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, he didn't die just as a martyr or, or some prophet. But he died to pay the debt for our sin. He died in our place. And it's not by going to church. It's not by giving money that we go to heaven. It's by simply believing that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid my sin debt. Yes, I'm a sinner. I can't pay it, but Jesus Christ paid it for me. And I accept that. For by grace, the Bible says, we're saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. We can't work our way to heaven. It's not about quit drinking. It's not about quit doing drugs. It's, it's not about starting to go to church. It's not about giving money. It's about putting our faith, our dependence, our reliance upon what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. He died for me, and I trust in that today. Lord, challenge all of us, especially us as parents who've got kids that we're still raising, to make sure Jesus Christ is first in all those decisions. Lord, motivate all of us this, this, this guy's life, too, that we're here when the doors are opened. All of us. All of us. Because we need to be. It needs to be a priority in our life. More than the lake, more than going camping, more than, than, than watching birds in the spring morning, we need to be together to hear your word. In your name we pray. Amen. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.